0: I get here, I don't know, but I'm here and I'm happy that I'm here, cause today's guest is a brother of mine. You know, I've known this cat probably since my sophomore or junior year of college. And if you know me, I'm an old bastard. That means I'm going back, back, back into the early 2000s. I'm talking about maybe 03, 04. Actually, you know what? Nah, it was 03, sophomore year, because I used to commute. To college, I went to Villanova University. They're currently doing their thing now in March Madness. Jeez, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, we used to cast the R5 back when it was called the R5 before it got all fancy with this actual locations and the names and shit. But um, yeah, we were cool then, and we were we always had a cool connection, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, not to put you know the familial business out there, but before I met. My brother here, whose name I will get to, just give me some time, people, give me some time. Um, I actually knew his father via freshman orientation, but not the actual freshman orientation, but the, we had a, a multicultural student-like retreat, right? I went there and I was in there wearing my like my best TJ Maxx gear and shit, you know what I'm saying? I had this old fly-ass like, red baseball jersey with Philadelphia written across it and like, Blue patent leather and shit, so you know, had the extra shine to it. It was <laughs> slick, you know what I mean? It was slick out here. And he pops us like, yo, um, Dr. Kieta, he was like, yo, man, um, see his brother right here? He represents himself. He knows how I represent. I said, yeah, I am. Me my TJ Maxx baseball jersey. I'm telling y'all what time it is, B. Discount, man. Discount. You know, so, but um, uh, yeah, so my brother here, who I'm interviewing, is a very sharp cat. And whenever I see him, I automatically get inspired because he is a worldly brother, okay? And I respect worldly people, man. You know, so without further ado, down to this long and join our intro, my main man, Naj Kiator. What up, brother?
1: What's good? What's good? What Fuck, are we cool? doing it live? <laughs> doing it live,
0: man. We on here right now, man. We on here, yo. So how you been, brother?
1: Uh, I'm really good, man. Um, I'm really I'm feeling super you talking about you I inspire you like you inspire me um I you know I'm an observer and um I just watch things you know I don't need to be seen mm-hmm. but um I like to know what's going on and um I just see you start this and I I remember I think we we ran into each other like um a while ago, maybe last summer, beginning of last summer. Mm-hmm. I think your, your granddad just passed.
0: Yeah, 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 that was her, yeah. yeah. Yep. And
1: um, we just talked, we just wrapped a minute and you said you had some things in the pipeline and mm-hmm. was looking to, to spread wings a little bit. And here we are. Wings out. Trust the process.
0: Dude.
1: I mean, I'm sitting here looking at this, uh, at this play like a champion of day sign too behind you the the mad Notre Dame shout out. Like that's that's crazy. Like that's and that's what it's about, B. Yes it is. Like that's what it's about. It's not it's not on on like um you know like the competitive tip. It's just like be your best self, right? Yes indeedy. Is that that's what we're doing.
0: That's all we're doing. Yeah 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 yeah. No doubt. Cause all right, so the topic of this show is the word free. Mm. Now let me get to why I chose today's topic as being free. So, um, for anybody out there who follows me on social media, you'll see that I created this like this mini buildup for the tattoo. right? I got the word free, or the final I wanted to use, and I said, soon come, right? A Few days later, I got impulsive, so you know what, screw that, man, I'm getting this tattoo now, I got my money now, I'm gonna get my tattoo now, right? Mm-hmm. So I went there yesterday, I got the tattoo done, and I gave out an entire like paragraph describing why I did it, right? Because free, The word free means many things to different people. For me, it's more so of an intrinsic thing, being free spirited, being free of worldly possessions like in terms of nothing has any class point, nothing is like anchoring you down. It's all temporary. It's all temporary stuff, you know, like being able to be free, is long lasting. Now we come from a culture where people have sacrificed and died for freedom or to be free. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of my favorite songs out there. It's by most Def, AKA Yasin Bey. Gotta be respectful, the name changes.
1: Shout out to Big Don, like.
0: Dude, <laughs> like, and the song was Umi Says, yeah, right? Yeah. And one of the lines in the song, part of the refrain, is, I want my people to be free, to be free, to be free. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's just, as you get older and as you experience more things and as you like just meet all kinds of people, especially in this current political climate, freedom has gained, like it's just, it has a whole different spirit to it now how do you define freedom and what does it mean to you
1: hmm. so um i as you were talking i was um i was listening to you but i was a little zoomed cuz i was trying to think of um and and it's going to hurt my my um my radical credentials cuz i can't remember who who said it but um i think it's it's either angela davis or shota asada Shakur that said um now, now that I say that, I feel like it might be Nina Simone. <laughs> Forgive me, um, but fearlessness—a certain, a certain degree of fearlessness, right? And um, one of the things in my life that I've learned that is that like fearlessness isn't about never having fear because that's that's unrealistic, right? It's about overcoming that fear, you know. Again, this play like a champion thing is killing me because uh, I remember if if. People out there watch 30 for 30, which is an amazing series, even if you're not into sports, um, because it's about the political nature and the social nature of sports, right? Uh, Lou Holtz, is, is who's an amazing person, like pff, shout out this guy. Anyway, he was, he was talking to his dudes, uh, to his players, um, I think before the season started. And he was saying, you know, they had a motto for their season. And it was don't flinch, right? Don't flinch. that's hard like that's that's really hard like because don't flinch is not just what it sounds like it's it becomes a mantra for how you exist in the world you know you could be afraid but just keep keep moving towards it keep keep moving towards like you see a dog down the street and for me i grew up very much afraid of dogs and um you know i would be like shit this motherfucker got a pit. I'm I'm about to cross the street, but no, no, keep it moving. Like keep it, keep it. Cause, cause like they say, dogs smell fear on you. So gather yourself, take a deep breath, keep moving towards that thing that's coming towards you. Um, personally for me though, I think more than anything is getting to a very, um, personal and internal, um, concept of freedom. Um, because I think with, like you said, the current political climate, um, there's a move towards towards increased radicalism and uh, we've got all these re- revolutionary tendencies on display for, for certain people. Um, but I think all of that is an external thing, right? Mm-hmm. And freedom starts in the mind. I think, um, if you believe you're free, if you really believe you're free, not just think that you're free, you're free. Um, I'm free because I, because I choose to be, right? I mean, okay, that's not to um, discount all the, the physical and political factors that keep, particularly to people like us, young black guys, um, constrained, uh, oppressed, and repressed, but I'm free because I choose to be. I'm free because I say so, you know? I can walk anywhere I want. I can go anywhere I want on this planet. Um, And that's because I'm a child of the universe. Like, straight up. Uh, I think part of our our conception of of freedom uh, is hindered because we believe that we're separate we believe ourselves as as separate entities in the world and in the universe. And the, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. Even the things that we don't like, even the things that we think are ugly Mm. and, and disgusting and not a part of us where this is all one system. And we're part of that. You know, your, your mind, I think your mind is the strongest tool that you possess. Um, because it dictates your reality, if you believe you're free, if you honestly believe that you're you're a free person in the world, you shall be you know um, it, it, freedom is freedom is deep though, you know mm-hmm. freedom is deep because the world is compli- com- complicated, complex um it can look like it can look like two very different things, you know. Cause for me, you know, like we were saying worldly stuff. I love worldly stuff. <laughs> I love worldly stuff. Shit, I was, you know, I was, I was a little bit late because I was looking at sneakers and books, like lost track of time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but to keep in mind that, like these things are, these things are, are temporary. They don't define you. Um, they shouldn't constrain you. They shouldn't limit you. Fine, enjoy them. You know. I mean, because at at this point in my life, I'm really about um, finding my own joy, and sharing that with with all the people that I encounter. You know, all of our peers, who I think are people who who um, who very desperately need joy. You know, uh, like it's it's interesting. It seems like everybody is so like on like turning up and like. You know, we're all having fun all the time. Like, Instagram is like, yeah, everybody's life is lit all the time. But that's not joy, you know? Joy is, joy is um, presence through the really ugly shit, through the hard things, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding them that they're part of a process, you know? Like, you and me are similar in the fact that we, re- we both recently lost a grandparent. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell this to a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were when i um you know mentioned to them that i lost my grandma and they were you know they were all sorry and that, that's that's cool i appreciate that love but also um it wasn't like that for me it wasn't it was it was difficult and i had some tears no doubt but also um i found great joy in understanding who my grandmother was and um Really reframing her relationship to me, my grandmother, to like to almost no to a fault to a fault affirmed 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 us and particularly me. Um, you know, she used to do this thing with with me and my little brother, where she she used to call my little brother Blair Underwood <laughs> or like like whoever whoever the pop black dude was at the time. You know. Um, Blair Underwood, uh, Shamar Moore, something. Hilarious. Something. Yeah, she, like she, like uh, of course she used to, she would, uh, she would see me and be like, "There he is, Obama! Look at Obama!" And you know the thing was, for somebody who's fought so so um, diligently to define himself and and define himself on his own terms, for me that was that was a bit galling because it was like, "Yo, nah, I'm not him. I'm mm-hmm. not next man." But what she was saying is, again, like, you're a part of a larger system. You're a part of something greater. And mm-hmm. what I see in you is the greatness that I see in another man, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so for me, it was like, yo, she was always saying that I could do amazing things, always saying that, you know, I had the best in me. Um, a real funny story about her that I love to share. Um, she was a wild chick. Uh, I used to live in D.C. Uh, shortly after I left Nova, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> my grandma, um, being being the very extra person she was, uh, my uncle had just passed my her her brother, and um, he worked at a hospital and had gotten a box of free condoms, and it was probably like three hundred condoms. She sent them to me. She was like, "Look." If you need more, I'm like, if I need more, <laughs> what you mean? Like, she was, it was, it was too much. It was like, it was like, like 75, like flavor joints. Various- oh, yo, <laughs> wow.
0: Yo, that's wild, man. And yeah,
1: this is my, this is my like 78 year old grandma. Like, yeah, I know you with the shits. Just strap up.
0: <laughs> if you need more. Oh, yo, I will be.
1: But yeah, like even on that level, she was like, she was like, look, I know I know like you're my grandson. Like, you from me. You gotta be you gotta be about it. Of course I'm not. Like, I'm I'm not that guy at all. But you know. Um, so yeah, like freedom a lot for me is about being present, staying staying in the moment. And that's not that's not easy by any means, you know. But Um, realizing the, the, the blessings and the gifts that you have, Mm -hmm. appreciating them, taking them into uh, account every day, practicing gratitude for them. Um, you know, one of my, I, in the, in the past year or so, I, I guess I, I started meditating really heavily. And it was always something that I couldn't, like, I didn't have the time for, like, I'm, I was too impatient for it. I realized a lot in my life that I rush and what, what the fuck am I rushing for? Right. Like, even, even to work, like, I'd be like, i get there when I get there. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, you can't, you, you, it defies, it defies a lot of things that, you know, this world kind of holds sacred, but I don't really like rules. And I don't even like the rules that I, I create for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I found that, that I rushed a lot and, um, meditation helps me to slow down, slow down my mind, slow down my body. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of them, uh, is a meditation on like resilience and it says, you know, basically you can either try to cover the world in leather to like soften the blow on your feet, or you can put leather on your feet yourself. And that's how you walk through the world, you know, so you're not agitated by every little pebble underfoot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, that's the thing. Like, evil exists. Bad things happen. This is this is the way of the world. The, um, the thing you can control mm-hmm. is how you react to it and how you let it handle you, you know? Pol- current political climate. Like, I look at Trump, and I'm just like, yeah, all right, cool, whatever, like, we've been here before. Plenty I mean, of times. Honestly, we ain't never not been here. Right. So, yeah, lo- very long-winded.
0: But, um, no, nah, but it's, it's, it's to the point, because, I mean, I, I wanted to understand, like, your concept of what freedom is and how you've achieved it, you know, uh-huh. how how you – attempt to achieve it in different mm-hmm. times of your life you know mm-hmm. because it's it's one of those ongoing things that yes you're free you face yourself free in a moment, mm-hmm. but there's always some kind of a challenge or an obstacle that makes you kind of question it mm-hmm. but then you you have to go about finding your freedom again mm-hmm. and make it, and, and reaffirming it every time out right because the funny thing you know um that you mentioned about your grandmother's passing mm-hmm. because Last year on this very weekend uh, was when I, I was ass out sick, right? Yeah. And all I had to, to watch from my bed was the first season of uh, Iron Fist on Netflix. And look, man, it's, just, it's one of them things, I was forced to watch it cause I was in bed sick, I couldn't turn the channel and my computer was just like, it would just play constantly. Yeah, it was there. It was just there, I'm laying there. I'm like, oh, all right. And I was just saying, we can that Drake drop more life. Yeah, right? I remember these Yo. things happened, Right, was, these things was happening. Cause yeah. that same exact day, cause my aunt had passed on like March fifth last year, mm. but our funeral was like that weekend. So I was I was upset because I'm like I'm I wanted it's my aunt, my mom's sister, and I'm like I'm close knit with everybody. In fact, I couldn't go there it was like jacked up, right? Yeah. So in the fact it was like. I had no freedom there because I was in bed, just stuck like shit, man. What am I gonna do? Yeah. Then I got a phone call from my grandfather um, saying that he thought he was gonna, he was gonna die that night, right? Mm. And I was in bed and I was just like, I I can't. Yeah. I was like stuck in the space, and I like I couldn't move. Right. So, um, thankfully for me, at that time, it was a false alarm. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So. I listened to More Life, and it just like I just took from it just the idea of what, the idea of what More Life represented, yeah. like living, yeah. enjoying life. Like there's there's a freedom in having a life and be able to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, so by the time he passed on the first of April, I'm sorry, not the first, the third of April um, last year, like I already had the tattoo. I got the tattoo for more life on me because of him. Yeah. Right? My like, yo, more life, or granddad woman had more life. Yeah, you know, have something for himself and two days later he passed. Yeah. And I was like, shit, right? But his passing, as sad as I was for the first couple of days afterwards, I understood that there was, that was a sense of freedom as well for him. Mm-hmm. Being free from a body that had that was like riddled with leukemia, mm-hmm. and then I started to flashback on all the good times that I had with him. And like you said, he he would affirm me too in ways. Like we would get in the car, you hit me with the old school slang. Right, he was born nineteen thirty five, yeah. so he would get in. The, he would pick me up from school like damn near every day in my middle school and high school, even like elementary school. Yeah. I get in the car, he said, uh, "Jimmy, with me? Poppy Squappy, and I'll say, Daddy Laddie, right? And and to me, he always like, just, we had such a strong bond and connection. Because like, you know, he was the first dude I knew to have like six prime pictures. (laughs) He he didn't get left back. He didn't get left back. Yeah, six prime pictures. He was just out there. He was just out there in high school, and just like, and just, I'm like, yo, how did you do it? And like, you know, I had the opportunity to have such a strong connection with him that it allowed me to understand what love was. Mm-hmm. And to understand that you can, you can find a freedom within love. Mm-hmm. You can find a freedom within just that space of knowing that you care for, care for someone and they care for you. Even, when, even after the point of them being gone, there's that that idea of what love is becomes like an escape pod at times, mm-hmm. you know. Like like, it's like you said, yeah. In life, we have these moments of like, okay, cool. On well, Instagram, and I hate it because everybody's to say it's a movie, mm-hmm. it's a movie, it's lit out here. And you, I'm like, and like, you would see it all the time. You would think it's all life is, but it's it's not. And there's the parts that, that that hurt. But when you have those escape pods like that, that you can like. Step into for a while Mm -hmm. to bring you back to a a place of sanity. Like, that's the most important, like, feeling in the world at times. But I never want that to be um, misconstrued as me, like, running from a certain problem. Because the problem's always gonna be there, but sometimes you need to have a safety net to fall back on so you can realize, okay, where I am and who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a I'm a being of love. I'm a person of love. Like you said, a child of the universe. Like all these different things that bring you back to reality. So you can go back and deal with these problems head on and hopefully, you know, get by them, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I kinda have been on a, a, a journey as of late of like freeing myself of shit, right? Yeah. And I call it shit because shit is what it is at times. Yeah. You know, being that being at um, at work, I find myself like dealing with the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a hamster wheel in a way. Yeah. And people always say, "Man, I gotta be free of this job." All right, cool. You're free of this job. Go another job. You're still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're not really free of anything. You know what I'm saying? Like you just you think yeah. you are, but but you're really not. So when you mentioned about being free in the mind, it hit me because that. Is always where I face my greatest battles. Mm -hmm. It ain't never been in my, you know, like the, you know, Jack and Joe from up the hill or, you know, Mm -hmm. Pete from down the street, you know, it's like it's always been me. Mm -hmm. And I had to like really let go of a lot of things in the past. And there's still some things I gotta get rid of baggage wise, but that's the only way that that I know I'll be able to achieve some sort of like Zen like happiness, you know, once I like set myself free of certain things
1: and that's an ongoing thing you know mm-hmm. um one of the things that that um i read it years ago um and it it stayed with me because it is really very true so people people have this idea of like quote unquote enlightenment right mm-hmm. and in that kind of like um that very abstract, almost cartoony idea of Buddhism that people have. You know, that, like, this guy one day just, you know, sits or meditates for, you know, 10,000 hours, and all of a sudden he's enlightened. And um, no, that's not how it works. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the story of Sisyphus, the guy that he's pushing the boulder. It's a Greek myth. So he's pushing the boulder up the, up the mountain, and he, he spends his entire day pushing his boulder up the mountain and the mountain and every night the boulder rolls back down the mountain yes. and he's got to do it all over again. And mm-hmm. that's his lot, you know? And that's like, that's what enlightenment is. It's, it's not one time. It's not the one time that you, you're like, Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not on the sudden like, Oh, it's that you do the work every day. You know, it's that you, you, um, one of my favorite favorite things ever like I have all these just loads of images that kind of swim around in my mind and um uh the the Ali documentary when we were kings yeah, was yeah. A great one. so Bandini Brown you you probably know what I'm talking about because yeah. you know what you actually there's parts of you that remind me of Bundini Brown you just got like the charisma like Bundini Brown just could talk, and I was just—I I remember thinking about you like years ago too. I was like, "This this nigga Mike, like, <laughs> yo, why doesn't he do like voice acting?" And of course, I see you like years later. I'm like, "Yeah, he does voice acting now." Like, yeah. and of course, you like interviewing. Like, you have that—you have that thing about you—the je ne sais quoi. Right, Bundini right. Brown is saying, "He's like, you know, sometimes we wake up feeling bad, feeling good, but we go through it with feeling."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, that is. That is so fucking real, you know? Because, yeah, like, it's not about, like, waking up and feeling zen happy. You know, sometimes you wake up and you feel like shit and you don't want to go to work and you don't want to deal with other people, but you ain't got no choice, right? you know? So, like, find find some center. Find something to feel grateful about. uh, Find something to love. Find something that you love about yourself, you know? Breathe it in. Take 10 minutes, do some meditation, drink a cup of tea, whatever the fuck, you know, and go about your day. Um, I think one of the things that also for me has been really good was, and I try to be really open about this with people uh, because I think it gets really stigmatized. as um, is, is I started therapy, I think, uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Word. Um, and you know, people have this really half-cocked, uh, convoluted idea of therapy. Um, <laughs> but the truth is that everybody needs therapy, you know, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, um, to to speak things, to speak about things, is is a sense of, is a is a bit of freedom. Because uh, as a culture, as a society, like there's so much stuff that um, is left unsaid that is that is liminal, you know, that is like, uh, you know, I I think about (laughs) when when people used to do this and they used to be like read between the lines, let the record show that I'm holding up three fingers and my middle is in the middle, you know, read between the lines. But there is there is so much reading between the lines that we do as a society um, that there is so much that gets left unsaid. And I'm so much more interested in the things that people don't say you know, the things that people tell you about themselves, but what that says about who they actually are. Um, but there's so much that we, that we don't get to let out. And there's so much that needs to be let out. Um, so much that needs to be processed. So like, just, just that experience, that's another way to find freedom, another way to, to kind of understand how you can achieve joy in the everyday, you know? um yeah it's it's one of those things that's like hidden in plain sight mm-hmm. it's much it's much more evident and present than I think we we realize we you know it becomes this thing where we're always chasing it, but what if it's right there right what if what if it's standing right behind you under your nose um and I think that's that's where most of life is it's always it's always just right here, just in front of your face, and it's either are you awake enough to realize it, and it's will you ever if you're not, will you get to that place where you're awake enough to realize it like um a lot of people you said you mentioned me being worldly, and I think part of the reason that. I've longed to travel and have tr- tried to make travel a part of my existence. Is that uh, there's something that I was looking for, and a lot of times it was right there. You mm-hmm. know, um, I went, I went away to do graduate school, and um, it was necessary, right? It was, it was the path that I had to walk, but. It was a path that led me right you know i went three thousand miles away to do grad school Mm -hmm. um, across the sea and essentially that was me trying to figure out a bit more about who i was and who my community was but in the years and months um before i left i had started to actually build that community intuitively Mm -hmm. without trying and so i went Super far away to find out who I was and figure out where I, where my place in the world was, and I realized it was right back here. It was it had been sitting right the fuck in front of my face the whole time. <clears throat> so yeah, um, which is which is like that's that's the power of being present, you know, understanding that sometimes it's just right under your nose. And, and you can make it. You, you know, it, it's not even that it has to exist already. It's that you can, you can make it. You can put it there. It can, it can become something that exists, you know? It's like the work with this podcast. Like, you made it something that exists. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think life is complicated, but we make a whole lot of shit too hard or harder than it need to be. True.
0: Oh my God, cause uh, I'll say a few things. You mentioned um, going away, like when I moved away to like New Orleans for that relationship, right? Mm. It was like a part of me had left because I felt like, okay, cool. I've been in the city for so long, been here like, and had nothing work out relationship wise until this situation happened. Mm And when she was like, she's moving to school down there, you know, and I was like, I said, I, this, is, this is crazy, right? Cause I, was, I felt like, I was like, yo, the, the, one, the one good thing that I have is like, it's, it's escaping, right? Mm-hmm. And so she went down there and like, and I guess a year after she had graduated, I moved down there. Mm-hmm. And I moved to, to the to New Orleans in the city and dude, the person that I became down there was different from the person that I was up here, mm-hmm. right well at least that's how I perceived it
1: well you're never the same person twice anyway
0: you know? true very true in
1: in like physically right like very literally physically you always mentally changing. spiritually you're always you're always different
0: you know? always and when I was there like I just dude it was just it was as if i was like superman almost right mm-hmm. yeah the relationship had its ebbs and flows and you know and, and unfortunately well then i would say unfortunately it didn't end the way i would have wanted it to end right yeah. if at all you know but universe works how it works you got to accept how it is absolutely but in that time period like i felt free down there because i was in the city no family down there she was there, but I made I made new friends, new connections, and I felt like, yo, this is yeah. this feels nice. Yeah. So when I came back here to Philly, I felt like I'm back I'm back in the cell again. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah, I just yeah. got out, and it was like, nope, you violated your problem. violated your parole. Y'all come back. I'm like, god damn it, I'm yeah. back here, right? But you know, it, it, it got into a point where I just felt like, I don't know, I always felt like I was always contained by something, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I actually thought about doing therapy a few months ago, actually in Jan, towards the end of January because I got myself in like a weird space energy-wise. Yeah. Because like, I've, I've had my moments of being, being depressed, this was just like, it was taking me down the road again that I've been down way too many times before, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Because what what it was, you know, is this, of course this is a podcast and we're getting all the open out here right now. Yeah, fuck it. Is that um, for me, I never really felt free within some of my relationships, right? Not free as if I couldn't be myself. It was just that communication-wise, it was just like, yo, you're holding things back because you don't want to. Want people to feel like they're they're not good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And you always like you try to maintain a bit of peace. Like, listen, not nah, no, nah, everything is cool, but you keep wearing his face. But you know, in the back of your mind, it's like, yo, you know, you want not hurt anybody's feelings, but you should keep going with it then the shit gets bad and it's like, boom, it's over with. Yeah. But afterwards you're like, damn, I could've this differently, did that right. differently. So it was always, for me, communication, it was always me feeling like I couldn't be all the way honest with certain people, right? Cause like, look, man, I keep it a buck 50. Relationship wise, I've had more, um, I can not put this correctly? I've had more partners than I've had relationships. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, let's keep it a, Let's yeah, keep it how keep, it is, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's never, and that was never always, never the plan. I wasn't like, oh man, finna get these buns out here, cuz. You know what <laughs> I <finna> mean? <laughs> finna chase these buns out here, finna, <laughs> finna get these cheeks out here, cuz. You know what I mean? Like, people, what do they call them? Like, pussy bandits? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I always wanted to have the one situation to make me feel like I was good for life. Yeah. But I would meet these girls, man. And I would meet these one after another, after another, after another, after another. And it was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Because mm-hmm. I felt like I was in a rat race again, because I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't find what I was looking for. So I was like lowering myself and, my, and like, you know, rocking with low hanging fruits. No offense to them, but energy wise, that's what it is. Because right. you know, sometimes like, if, you're at, if you're at a little point, even if you don't realize it, you're going to attract that to you. Yeah, I right. mean one of the
1: things I had to realize I've had to realize for myself is that uh I'm an introvert by by nature. Um Same. I also I also very much enjoy people. I like people. Sometimes I can only enjoy people from a distance. Um I I realized that at times maybe I come off as uh, a bit cold to people. Um and sometimes that's intentional and sometimes it's not um but i realize, you know it kind of is what it is and again i think you said acceptance a couple minutes ago and acceptance again that's freedom accepting the way things are like i've just accepted that that that's who i am mm-hmm. and um i don't you know i don't really want a lot of people in in my space mm-hmm. in my face um and at the same, by, the, by the same token, I, like, I really like to let people know that um, I care about them, I care about what they're doing from a very genuine place. Um, and, I, you know, it's hard to you, – you don't say that. That's not something that you say because, you know, what are words? They're, they're just words, you know. But, um, you know, I just – I want to share joy with people. But I have to be um, to do that. I have to be honest with myself about who I am, and honest with myself about my capacity and my capability to to deal with people. Because honestly, like like you said, energy-wise, not everybody is your type of person. And I, I've I've most definitely dealt with that in relationships, in romantic ones, um, platonic ones, whatever. You know, um, like you said, freeing yourself of shit. I think past two years for me has been about distancing myself from a lot of people who maybe not a lot, but people f- who for um for whatever they said and whatever they intended, you know it doesn't mean that their intentions were 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 not the best. It just means that um, you know they people might say that they love you and that they care for you right. And it doesn't mean that they don't. It means, perhaps, that um, their ideas of love are a bit skewed. Uh, I just got a really good book, hold
0: on. Uh, you mentioned the ideas of love.
1: So shout out my homegirl, Carol, who got me this book, All About Love, by Bell Hooks. And Bell Hooks, in the beginning of this book, is talking about um, the fact that a lot of people have come to understand this idea of, of love as something that can co-mingle with like abuse, with like um, you know verbal or ment- or physical abuse that you know, th- and it's not because they. Um, it it it's something that that is viral, I guess, because it comes from um, a misunderstanding of love that they receive from their parents that they carry into all the relationships that um, you know they they go into, whether it's with a partner or their children or their coworkers or their friends, you know, they understand love as something that um, can coexist with abuse and that's not love, you know. And I think we like that book again says you know, we talk a whole lot about love, and love becomes this word that's really like overused and misused. Um, but like what does it mean like really what does it act, like can, can a lot of people like if you brought ten people into a room like a focus group and you told them to write a paragraph for me about what love means every single thing every single answer would be completely different right um, but if we're moving from a space where love is about nurturing and compassion and trust and honesty and, and that becomes the ground for everything else, I think that, that makes, that's a sea change. You know That makes a world of difference. Um, so yeah, it, we're in a weird space. Like I said before, a lot of people our age and a lot of people of all ages really uh, need, need true joy they need to be shown true joy mm-hmm. they need um they need it in their lives um be- because otherwise you just keep perpetuating old cycles like you said about um your work situation a uh, work situation mm-hmm. like it's always the same shit well one of the things is that i think you always and this isn't you know this is this is anything i say honestly is is things that I've been really blessed and fortunate to learn from, from others. And, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're all a part of a big unit, a big system. So none of this is original, but nothing is original. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's just about, it's about, I guess it's just about being honest with ourselves, Re- like really very brutally honest with ourselves um, and and cut, trimming the fat. Trimming the fat and letting that shit go, like le- letting shit go. Letting shit go is freedom. Acceptance is freedom. Being in the moment is freedom um, and you know, if you if you try to move through the world in a way that's loving, in a way that, that um, makes your peers and makes the people that you come into contact with on a daily basis feel affirmed and even just little kindness things, you know, like I'm big on, like I said, I'm not, I'm introverted. I'm not like the friendliest person. Um, and I don't believe in being nice, you know? Mm-hmm. I believe in being kind, though. One of my favorite things um, which is weird, but it's—it's it's really one of my favorite things. You know, I think a lot of things exist. I believe in this principle called polarity, where like a thing can be good and bad. Mm-hmm. Like uh, most things are good and bad, or or they they share opposing qualities or forces. Mm-hmm. So a um, thing that's unfortunate, but I, I'm a cigarette smoker and um, one of my favorite things in the world is random people asking me for cigarettes or asking for a light, because it's a little, it's a, it's a small moment at which you can offer someone else a kindness who you, you don't know the person, they're gonna, they're gonna be out of your face in like five seconds, mm-hmm. but like that couple seconds of conversation or, or whatever, I always try to give somebody the most kindness I can particularly the people who no one wants to give kindness, homeless people and whoever, older folks. Mm-hmm. Um, because not only does that do something for them, and you know, it, it can really change my day. I, a lot of times I'll, be, I'll feel foul, uh, and you know, somebody will come up to me, can, I, can they get a light or something, make a bit of conversation or mm-hmm. whatever, and they'll be on their way, and I'll be like, huh, oh, people are
0: cool. Right. right.
1: Shit. You know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, freedom, 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 freedom. It's a lot. It's big, it's expansive.
0: It's a theater down the yeah. street.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Shout out Freedom Theater. Yep. Shout out Philly culture, man. Shout out Philly culture. Because, um, you know,
0: speaking of which, because I'm going to make this connection now, so yeah, you just brought yeah. it up. You're Philly culture, right? At Philadelphia, it was like, it's a city that's connected to freedom on a historical level. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have a Declaration of Independence here. Um, the Constitution was signed here. Like, I am correct, right? The Constitution was signed here? Uh, yeah. 1787,
1: yeah. right? Uh, Philadelphia used to be the capital of the country.
0: Up until 1790. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it moved to D.C. Yep. yep. So, like, all these things were like, for freedom you know, were created here, right? Though Those freedoms um, weren't for everybody you know, at, at the time of their creation, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But it's just interesting, like, to be free, and you're seeing, like, that freedom ring, and I'm seeing the word free everywhere, or liberty, you know, or, um, you know, it was the, the Patrick Henry statement, give me liberty, give me death. You know, some people um, believe that you you truly find liberty in death, you know, so, it's just so there's many things I think about, and you know, you mentioned joy. You know, we talk about freedom, we talk about love, and for those who know, um, the difference between concrete and abstract words. Like we find so much power in abstraction. Yeah, Ooh,
1: you said that's a bar right there. Bars. Um, I'm. I'm May get a little bit co- problematic, but whatever. Let's do um, it, lucky. I think I think um, you know that's I think that's one of my problems with um, kind of whatever you want to call them civil rights or social justice movements of of this day and age. We we're building them based on abstractions of what things looked like previously. Like, we're building them based on abstractions of, like, um, Martin Luther King. You know, we, we have, we have like, for as much as you can kind of survey a person's life and survey their work and rebuild and reframe and recontextualize and this and that, we weren't there. And the world is different. The world is incredibly different, right? Um, same with Malcolm or the Panthers or Asada or Angela um, we weren't there, and the world is different now, so it means reframing our approach like we can't base our ideas of what um, it means to be radical in in abstractions from the past you know we have I think we have to really do the work of of Creating new context. Like uh, one of my things is is um, abundance. Um, shout out uh, Taib from Little Giant who um, gave me a he lent me a book and I <laughs> I returned it very late <laughs> to him but mm. um, a really good book about abundance. As I was really kind of wrapping my mind around what it means to be abundant. And we kind of got back to we kind of got at this when we were talking about coming back to Philly and feeling like oh, I'm you know I, I was away in in London which, London is just like, it's like New York on steroids at times, um, and so coming back to Philly I felt so boxed in, you know. But it becomes about re reapproaching everything. Um, with a mentality of abundance, that there's always like enough of things. There'll always be enough of things. Um, scarcity is is manipulated. If that it doesn't it doesn't truly exist. The universe always provides, right? Mm-hmm. It's just are you are you looking, and is it providing what you want versus what you need? You have to make that delineations discernment. Um, but yeah, I think. One of the things about um, you know revolutionary mentalities or radical mentalities of the day is that like I think we need to reframe things around abundance. Are we are we believing that there isn't there is always enough time because we believe it? There will always be enough time. There will always be enough resources. You know it can't be about like I I notice a lot of people and you know it doesn't doesn't really matter to name names, but um, and that's really just not what I'm trying to do anyway, but um, it becomes about hoarding, hoarding these things because you think you're going to run out. Mm -hmm. Right? It becomes about hoarding power or hoarding access or whatever the case may be. And really, if I think the truly revolutionary thing and radical thing is to show people that there are so many different ways of being. there are so many different avenues and paths open to you mm-hmm. and to again to all the people that I come in contact with or you know have a chat with or whatever I don't try to get that deep necessarily i've always i've never been good at small talk you know mm-hmm. i've always I always dove, dive really deep with people but um in whatever way I can, I try to embody that. Like, there's, like, I'm not in competition with people. I'm not in competition with anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's no, there's no need for it. You're you, I'm me, you know? Um, but yeah, like just the idea of, of things being abundant, that there's enough for all of us. And there's, there's a, there's a path for all of us because we're the only one of us that exists. Uh, so like it just it just really bothers me when i um and you know i have to work on this but it really bothers me when i when i see you know people who are proponents of our freedom you know black people's freedom or whoever's freedom Mm -hmm. um who want to deny others their own personhood you know whether it's trans people or, Mm -hmm. or lgbt anyone or like whoever like how do you how do you believe yourself um the standard bearer of 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 a movement towards freedom and you're denying other people or you're you know treating women like they're second class or you're abusing women or it's it it doesn't fly and it's because i think we base everything on these like very male dominated abstract ideas of what like radicality looks like you know Mm -hmm. i think of it in this way um is that everybody knows the panthers for being some bad niggas that like wore black and carried guns Mm -hmm. but less people know the panthers as like people that you know uh held political classes for for the community that Mm -hmm. that cooked breakfast for the community you know those things those things don't they're not the sexy things you know they're not the things that that Make people really remember you, mm-hmm. but they're the really, truly
0: important things. You know? Carrying guns is whatever, you know? Like, it's funny, people associate stuff like that as powerful, right? In fact, you have a gun, or yes, he ain't take no shit, right? But I admire it, because like, I remember you had the, um, you and your squad had the free breakfast program I was working on a couple years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? That initiative, you know what I mean? You're giving books out and all that. I mean, remember I got offended, like hell, because again, with this new generation of like, once Black Lives is kicked off, right? Mm-hmm. My problem with the whole squad was, you know, it might be problematic as well, but I'm here. Yeah. It was that what people were trying to like, make it seem like they were the new Panthers, in a way. Mm-hmm. They even had a new Black Panther, like, somewhere. Like, when, when uh, Michael, Mike Brown was mm-hmm. shot. I remember there was um, a moment somebody interviewed like a member of the new Black Panther Party, mm-hmm. and I looked at these guys. and I was like, the hell what yeah. what is this?" Yeah. And then I saw like people were like, "Yeah, we fighting for this, we fighting for that. You know we got our guns, we' ready to go down. I'm like, "Okay, here you go with that yeah. but then the the moment I think that like the straw that broke the camera's back for me is that I saw apparel being sold, mm-hmm. and on the apparel it said that. It was like, dear so-and-so, we are not like our grandparents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign these hands. Or we're not like our grandparents. We'll fight back.
1: Yeah, what is that? That, Like, that assumes that your grandparents didn't fight. Right. Or that assumes that that the struggle is is all above ground, right? Like, that assumes that there's no intellectual quality of the struggle. Right. Like, I mean, like you mentioned my parents – my dad and my my mom. Are, mm-hmm. I mean, I owe. I'm indebted to them eternally, of course, for my for my life. But but not only for for life, for for my mind. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I I have to also also step back and realize a certain type of intellectual privilege privilege that I possess is in that you know these things have always been the backdrop of my life. Like, you know, I was. I mean, look here's here's who I am, Sonia Sanchez kids used to babysit me word like that's who I am right um I was you know four and five years old, running around in a Mary Baraka poetry readings, calling him grandpa uncle you know so mm-hmm. like these those things are not they're always a part of of the fabric of my reality, and I have to you know sometimes step back and understand that that doesn't um that doesn't mean it's the same way for for everyone, and of course it's not. Um, but by the same token, um, there's, uh, there's an ease out of, in the way that I can assess and analyze, um, certain issues with people's praxis, i.e. the way they go about doing the work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, like. One of my things is like I just don't want to be reactionary anymore. Like I don't want to I don't want to define myself reactionary in a reactionary way. Like yes, I'm a I'm a black man and I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud to be who I am. Knowledge of self is incredibly important. It is it is the foundation in fact. Mm-hmm. Um but knowledge of self also means that I understand myself as many other things but simply a black man. And it's not to say that that's, you know, a slight towards black identity or anything but again I'm abundant you know mm-hmm. there are a multitude of things that I that I represent um so yeah I I think there's there's just so many problems with with that statement and so many problems with the way that we engage in this work um of of kind of uplifting ourselves, and this is that's why I said to you, I think things like what you're doing and like what so many of our peers are doing are the future, because um, one of my favorite 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 quotes ever is um, Anais Nin, who's talking about just doing the work, and she's saying, "Create your own world, you know, create out create out of out of love," and that like that's what it is, that's what it's about. It's, it's not about, like, like fighting, fighting back against a brutal, repressive state that, had no, that has no conscience and doesn't believe that you deserve anything off top.
0: Mm.
1: Like trying to shame the devil. What's that ever done for anybody? I always look at how people, how people try to shake their finger at Donald Trump as if he's ever been anything different than, than who he is.
0: Always been who he was. He's
1: always been who he is, you know? I mean, obviously everything changes, everything is, you know, whatever, whatever, but he's a person who is complete, his reality is completely informed by scarcity, by the fact that if these, if these folks over here have it, then that's less for me to get. So I'm a, so I'm gonna make sure they don't get shit. Mm-hmm. And like, who, what, what is shaming him gonna ever do? But waste your time and waste your energy. You know, I'd rather turn inward. Turn towards the people that represent me, towards the people I love and care about Mm -hmm. and support them. You know, like I said, there's always going to be evil. And this isn't to, you know, minimize um, the struggles of anyone, minimize the threats to anyone's bodily um, safety, anyone's mental safety, but there will always be evil and we have to figure out how and what is the purpose of letting us letting it affect us Um, and walk through that shit Mm -hmm. Um, just do the work whatever that work is that we're doing do the just do the work keep moving forward Um, yeah I mean I we're so obsessed with with like power and machismo and um, having control I don't need control anymore I don't want it like I said I I, I don't care for rules I never have mm-hmm. and um, everything so or so much of the world is is about people wanting to maintain their power or hold on to their access um, and that that's that's fear I was I was in the car a couple uh, weeks ago with um, two of my guys driving up to New York and um, the conversation kind of just got deep all of a sudden and we were just ta- we were talking about um, how a lot of what these beautiful glistening things that we have, all this all this amazing technology and access to things that we have is created by people's fear, people's fear that they're going to lose out. Or that there's never gonna be enough. And if we can create all these beautiful, amazing things out of fear, what can we create with love and hope? Imagine that. You know? And that's and that's what that's what things like this are. That's what like I look at a lot of like my peers and like even even really I'm taking a lot of inspiration from like the younger homies. Um, shout out uh, Saeed Ferguson. Shout out uh, Francis from Paratoto. Like all these young dudes that like are getting it in mm-hmm. and creating their own world out of love for what they do. You know, like like I just I, it's a marvel to me because like you know we can sit here and be like ah social media this social media that but what I see in a lot of these guys and and young ladies and and bit of everybody, whoever, is um, a segment of the population that really understands how to boost their agency Mm -hmm. with a tool, how to create and get their shit out there and get it in front of people and make it um, representative of of who they are and their beliefs. Um, And that's that's just super inspirational to me. Because I think we come from a Philly where, like, again, where it's really like little brother mentality, fish tank mentality. We're, we've always dealt with that, you know that, like, yeah. we're 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 not New York. We ain't DC. DC's not that big, but it's the fucking capital. And New York, well, New York is New York, and then Philly's just dirty little
0: brother. Right? <laughs> you know,
1: Mama say, "Mommy say you got to take me with you."
0: Yeah, you know that type of thing. Like, shorty shit stain. Yeah, yeah,
1: and. And I think you know one of the things that's I really accepted that like there there's there's a power to being a bit hungry, you know there's a power to to wanting to to define yourself on your own terms, and I see that happening very much in this city, mm-hmm. and you know maybe it's brought on as a as a reaction to like the gentrifying state of things. And maybe it's also supported by that because there are more people with funds to to, to put towards that stuff. You know, everything everything is every it's a it's all double edged swords here. You know, mm-hmm. like nothing is nothing is all bad and nothing is all good. Um. So you know, like I there's a there's a, a anecdote. And I'm gonna be full of these. I'm I'm a real old man when it comes to this, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm a butcher it too This how you know I'm old So There's a farmer And he's got this He's got this amazing horse And the horse runs away And the son His son goes Oh god That's that's terrible The horse has run away The farmer goes Maybe Um Like two weeks pass The horse comes back With another equally beautiful horse Mm. And uh the far, and the son's like, oh, that's amazing. The horses come back. The farmer's like, yeah, maybe. Uh, a few weeks pass. You know, the neighbors catch wind of the farmer and these beautiful horses. And uh, one of the neighbors, you know, comes around and steals the horses. The son's like, oh, this is terrible. Stole our horses. The guy's like, maybe. You know, like, nothing is, nothing is all the way bad or good. It's about, it's about how you take it in the way that your mind apprehends it and processes it and everything becomes an opportunity. Everything becomes a springboard towards something else, you know? And it's again, these aren't things that like I can, I'm sitting here saying as like some Zen motherfucker that's mastered everything. This is everyday work. It's every, it's the work that everybody's got to do every day to kind of like pull themselves back from like the brink of feeling like, Oh, fuck this shit happened and this shit ain't gonna work out or whatever whatever nothing is a straight line you know mm-hmm. nothing's a straight line freedom
0: freedom Uh, over bef- before we got on um, the recording yeah we discussed something that was like important to the idea of freedom in terms of how we process what freedom is and that was that change mm. change happens mm-hmm. change has to happen mm-hmm. and You know, I look at my community these days and I see, like, gentrification happens. Mm -hmm. And I can't lie, there's a part of me that, like, gets annoyed by it. Oh, for sure. Solely because it brings in an an element of privilege, but a a privilege that tends to ignore the community that comes into. Like, in terms of... The common courtesy, you know, just like certain things that people should have in mm-hmm. a community, they don't—they don't extend it to everybody. They extend it extended to people who look like them, right? Yeah. So, um, like in cities like New Orleans, Nashville, and Austin, Texas, they're going through issues with gentrification where these people are moving into these cities. They're like that are known for having like live music. Like or outside performers, yeah. and it's how these people are making their money. Yeah. And people are going to these neighborhoods, and they're all saying the same thing: noise complaints. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to I used to work at the Painted Bride, and the Painted Bride is is well until very recently was you know a, a performance art space. And these people would move into buildings across the street from a building that is covered in a glass mosaic and would be complaining about the noise like what did you think this was did you think it was a library like right like yeah there again it's about the way that you assess the situation and decide in your mind what to do about the situation except in this case there's an entitlement there you know and it's it's always it's always amazed me um, that I guess the propulsion for a gentrifying community is the idea of culture, but it goes back to what we we're saying about abstracts. You know, culture is an abstract until it's very real, because. Culture isn't just like, ooh, that cool thing over there that looks really nice. Culture is like the homeless motherfuckers or the motherfuckers sleeping under the bridge, you know? Culture is one of my favorite, absolute favorite things in the world is when the drill teams come through and they're just beating the drums on, like, Walnut Street, you know, asking for money or whatever. And people are kind of like, oh, my God. And I'm just like,
0: yeah, get that shit. You know, like...
1: I mean, like that's culture, right? And you, you know, acceptance. Like you gotta accept what is. You have to accept things in their full complexity. This is what the culture is, right? You know, people talk about the culture. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Do it for the culture. What? Who's what culture? Define culture. You know. Yeah, we very much. You you nailed it when you said abstracts, man. Because we live in, we live very much in, like, all of these shifting abstracts, this Venn diagram of, like, abstract things that, where the fuck is it? What, it, It's out in the ether somewhere. Like,
0: right. Because uh, one thing I will say is that the funny thing, or rather if there may be some, some irony here, is that we think about the whole noise complaint thing, right? Yeah. It's like people's freedoms tend to, like, they want their freedom to usurp someone else's freedom.
1: hmm I mean, which is, the, which is my issue with, like, certain social justice people. Like, it's, do you actually want, do you want people to be free, or do you want to topple the means of power so that you can have your own little power, you know? It's like that thing about polarity that I was talking about, that, like, things encompass both opposites. So, like, I notice a lot of times with, like, certain social justice people, they're fighting fascism and end up becoming small fascists themselves, you know mm-hmm. what the fuck is the point the, fu- the, the whole point the whole point of that work is to get people free. Right. The whole The whole impetus behind that is so that people can like be free to envision and live their lives as they see fit, not so that we can create new systems of, of oppression the fuck. Um,
0: so yeah, but it's that, terrific. but that, but that's 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 everything. I mean, I think about freedom. I think about what being free is. I think about you know living for an abstraction. People die for abstractions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for an an idea, you know. And we try our best at times to digest ideas, and and hopefully once they hit our gut. They come out something concrete, you know. But well, it's it's tough because you can't gauge what's 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 a, what's a abstract. You can't measure it. You can't put it in a box. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's antimatter in a way. You can't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem with, with a lot of us is that we have such a desire to make things accessible and relatable for ourselves that we're like fuck everybody else. If as long as it makes sense to me, then that's all that matters. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you're right. I mean, because it was you, you can't be you know, standing for justice for other people, like for your own people, and yet dismiss what's going on towards, for others. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like it's not fair. You know what I'm saying? And a, And of course, it's going to sound crazy too, but fairness in itself is abstract too right I know right, right, right. you know what I'm saying. but on a human level mm-hmm. doing the work can't be just a one-sided thing. like when you're, you're building a pyramid, like you're not just building the side that you like the most, y'all you gotta, you gotta build all sides. yeah y'all build all sides. That's, you know what, that's what I'm
1: saying a, That's a really good analogy.
0: Yeah, because like you just can't, because it doesn't make any sense. Like, Or if you if you build a house, you can't just build, I'm just going to build the den, and that's it. No, <laughs> you got to build the kitchen. You got to build other rooms. You know what right. I'm saying? You got, Like you said, it's all about doing the work. And it's like, that brings me to this question here. Hmm. How do we do the work for, in terms of being free, to become free, and how do you do the work to to educate others that, they too can have, can experience freedom, without any, any form of tubbers on them, right? Yeah. Like I, I can go outside and go to a person right now at the Cheesecake Factory called the street. I'm like, hey everybody, yo, you guys are all free, yo. Word up, I'm out of <laughs> Peace. here. Peace, I'm out of here. And they look around like, fuck, see me. mean? Somebody says, man, fuck that freedom shit. I got bills to pay, man. Fuck that freedom shit, because I'm out here trying to get mines, yeah. but it's like, I don't know. It's like when I'm doing the work, it's like how how do I, how can I do it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How, how do we do it?
1: This is gonna sound crazy, right? whatever. Um, Let's do it. There is no we in it, right? Mm. To do the work, I think it becomes about being selfish and being, not being selfish in like hoarding things or whatever, being selfish in that you are focusing on your personal work. Um, uh, You know, that whole, the adage that like you got to help yourself before you help other people. Like I'm I'm at this point where I realize a lot of the, the really trite shit that kind of people say every day, you know, idioms and all that. Is really, it's, there's basis in truth, you know? And you have to help yourself before you can help others. You know, you have to prioritize your own spiritual and mental and psychic health before, you know, that's why you got people in social justice movements who are like abusers because they're scarred people. You know, they're not necessarily bad, but they're, fuck, they're just fucked up. They're, they're dealing with trauma and they don't know, they haven't taken the time to process it. Um, so you have to you have to deal with yourself before you like you can ever attempt to help anyone else. And to be honest, like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So you know you could you could tell people about freedom all day. You know you could tell people that they're free all the time, and and talk yourself till you're blue in the face, but people are going to have to get to that point when they get to it a lot of the time. And again, which is why it's about you doing the personal work. And you know, if people see your example and they take your example to heart, that's cool. If they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. You know? I you know, I always say this um and it sounds a bit pessimistic and I you know, I'm at a stage where I'm really trying to like be about PMA, positive mental attitude. But um, the isms in this world, you know, racism, sexism, classism, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, and the non-isms, patriarchy, misogyny, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. But what can you change? And what you can change is what you've always been able to change, yourself, your mind. Gil Scott Heron, the first revolution is when you change your mind. Bars. Rest in peace. Bars. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Um, but that's literally what it is. The first revolution is when you change your mind about the way you perceive the world, about the way you apprehend all this data that the world is sending out. You know? And that's, that's really what it is. Like, more time now these days, like, I don't argue with, with people. I try to resist arguing with people. Because what the fuck is the point of arguing? Like, you yelling at somebody to try to get them to see your point or trying to use, you know, reason and logic to change somebody's mind when really their mind is already made up about what they believe. So why bother, you know? If they're meant to get to it, if they're meant to come to a certain level of understanding, then they'll come to it in their own time. Is not, my, you know, worry about what you can control. Is not my responsibility, you know? And, you know, when I say... Um, there is no we. Again, it's that that kind of idea of like things can be both and, because individuals are a part of a large, a very large universal network of in, other individuals, you know, and there's a certain unity there. Mm-hmm. So if you're working on yourself. And you're at a place where you're projecting your best self and love and compassion into the universe. And, uh, you know, that sounds very woo-woo and shit, but it's real. If you're doing that, I think that's the most revolutionary thing you can do because everything you do becomes about moving lovingly through the world. And, again, like, that's not, like, this really corny, cheesy notion of, like, love and loving or whatever, like. I'm so in love with this person. No, it's about stepping correctly, stepping with kindness for everything, for for all of creation, God's creation, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a God guy, but whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. there's, there's something that unites all the things that have life on, in the universe, on the planet. And if you are respecting that, if you are, you know, moving in a way that respects all of that, I think that's I think that's revolution. That's what it is. You create you're creating new paradigms as you as you walk, as you move through the world. And that's like that's where I wanna be with, with my life. Like I don't I don't wanna be trying to be telling everybody else how to live theirs and do do theirs. I'm s I'ma set pace, set my example. You choose to like be down with that. You choose to be down with that. If not, ain't shit I can do. Right. It, it's hard. It, it's it, we're in a. I think we're in a real. We're in a. We're in a space of, like, really drastic change. On like on like several levels, you know, on levels levels that like we can't even see as human beings, you know we're on we're in a space of great change mm-hmm. you know and I, I even notice just how many people are talking in certain ways these days you know like people talking about positive vibes only like talking about vibes and energy and vibration and all that shit it's very interesting to me because you know maybe some of them are really about it maybe some of them really with the shits mm-hmm. and maybe some of them ain't but
0: Tumblr but yeah but, yeah, I, yeah.
1: but it indicates it indicates change. It indicates a change in, in consciousness. Right. You know? Even if people are just using it to use it, mm-hmm. and they throw it out, and they go on to the next, whatever. Like, everything has meaning, and nothing has meaning. You know?
0: There's a beautiful sentence right there. Everything has meaning, and nothing has meaning. Everything's sacred, because nothing is. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, man. Everything is sacred. Was nothing is sacred, man.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. We, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to. I mean, and I think that's part of the reason. That's part of the reason why humans are the way they are. Because there's there's so much going on. There is so so much to take in, in the sixty-five to one hundred fifteen years that we have here. There is so much about the world that we have to perceive and learn that we have to, you know, we have to make it enough for us to swallow, you know? Um, But, you know, it's, it's not, I guess it's not about taking it all in or being able to, like, finish the plate. It's about being... Enjoying what the enjoying the bit that you are able to digest.
0: Right.
1: Getting the most out of the bit that you are able to digest. I don't know. It's a, it's a crazy world, man.
0: Savoring the flavor.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean the thing about that is like if you if you just enjoying like the plate that you get rather than trying to like hoard and taste, eat everything. It's mm-hmm. like when you do that, like you can't really, eat. you lose the appreciation for the plate that you had, for the meal that you have. You try and devour everything out here. It's like that takes away your focus on certain things. Mm-hmm. You're not present, right?
1: Simple. You
0: know? Being present. Yeah. Yeah. And as a kid, like you never, like it's funny as if you were ever like back in the old school. When you were in class and someone calls your name, you were like present, right? You were it means you were you were there. Yeah. But we never really understood the importance of what being present actually meant yeah. until we got to a point now. You know what I mean? Some people may not understand what what we're speaking of in terms of being present, but like being present in the moment, like being here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like being like right now in this moment is like I'm here. Like my thoughts are here, my my physical is here, like I'm just here at this moment, you know what I'm saying present at this moment, truly like
1: it's a very difficult thing i don't I didn't really understand it, and i I grapple with it, but mm-hmm. I, again, I, as I said I, one of the things I started trying to do for myself is meditate more and in meditation, you understand that like literally being present is recognizing every every breath that you take like. In and out like that second or that f- couple of seconds
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean that that's it you know um, and uh, you like you said about as as kids, I think that's one of the amazing things that um, children have to teach us um, I think one of the things i I endeavor to be is more childlike um, Because children are open, and they're present. Mm -hmm. The situation is what it is at this at the very moment, you know, and that's all that they can see necessarily, you know. Not that there's there doesn't need to be a more expansive vision, but you know they teach us a lot about being open and being present, Um, and you know just living in the moment. Because yeah, that's all you got. That's all you got.
0: Kanye had a quote. Um, he says, he was on one of those, like, award shows, and he said this on stage. Might have been MTV Awards. Listen to the kids, bro. Yeah. Listen to the kids, bro. Yeah. And of course, people might have been like, oh, here goes Kanye again, but but that's what it's referring to. Like, there's it's an openness there, you know what I mean? It's like, there's, there's a level of innocence that's there, you know? Because one of my favorite commercials of all time, it's not even like the most like dynamic in terms of design or anything like that visually, it's just the message behind it. Mm-hmm. There was a recent commercial, I'm gonna say within the past couple years, and it had the song um, Imagination from Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. And Taco mm-hmm. Factory, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's just like you know the world of imagination and you see all these adults in the video, if I'm, if I'm correct, you know, kind of like in a drab place, but that song comes on, and like, and it just like kind of childlike all over again. Mm-hmm. So I love that song and that commercial because it's like, yeah, like back when I was a kid, there was a the freedom that I have. And dude, let me tell you something. Now that you mention it, like, I have flashbacks to the late '80s, early '90s, all the time. The music I listened to mm-hmm. because I felt like I was at my best when I was like five or six years old. You know, cause back then I didn't have fear of anything. I would go out and dance in front of people, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. doing the running man. Mm -hmm. I did the running man until the running man got played out, but Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I did the running man, right? At my high top fate, man, like I was playing like Nintendo, like Super Mario Brothers, like three. I was just, in the movies I was watching, going to museums. There was so much about my childhood that I loved. But once I got into like middle school and high school, like, I just, I don't know, like, the self-deprecation started happening. Yeah. You know, the, the limits start popping up. Like, me feeling as free as I once was no longer existed. Right.
1: Because you become self-aware in a certain way, right? Yeah. And and as a child, like, so much is fresh. Mm-hmm. So much is new, you know? And that that's one of the things that... um I really want to cultivate is is keeping experience fresh you know mm-hmm. Fig finding you know i i think about those those like images and like kids magazines or whatever where they tell you to like spot the difference between these two really similar pictures yeah and like you know sometimes we we get into like routines and and Everything we talk about, how it's always the same thing, but no, nah, it's not always the same thing. It's not always the same thing. And being discerning, and being aware, and present enough to to look at the nuance, and look at like the very slight differences, and, and appreciate them, and be grateful for them, is a place where I want to really move to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're, if everything is fresh to you if you're literally like creating a new world with everything that you do every every way that you see and perceive the world like that's that's what that's legit like i always think of you know freedom again as like as a certain creative impetus you know cuz if you're always creating something new you're limitless if you're always just it doesn't even have to be a new thing if you're just always creating and always focused on what you can what you can conjure up out of your own mind for yourself or for others Mm -hmm. you're 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 literally a boundless person it's amazing you know the the potential that we have like people always talk about human potential but human potential is fucking real like like I said, imagine we've, we've created this entire glittering world out of fear. Imagine what we could do if we create it out of love and, and abundance and hope and joy. Man,
0: infinite possibilities, man.
1: Right. And that's, that's, that's really what it is. That is what, that is what existence is, infinite possibilities infinite With
0: possibilities. Hearing this, I just wanna go out and buy like a blue bucket of Lego blocks. In the <laughs> yeah, the really,
1: that was something that, shit man, if I have children, I don't know if I'll ever, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that is an absolute must for, for little minds, Lego. Just to be able, like literally to be able to physically create your own world and spend time in your own world. That's what scares me about kids growing up so fast these days. And yeah, because
0: they're forced into like this having to to do it and yeah. be adults like
1: man. You need that time. You need that time to to be able to you know, I, I think I I grew up and I was always a bit naive on people or I missed I missed some social cues sometimes. Um, because uh, for for all my parents um kind of miss you know like I didn't, me and my little brother didn't get like a nintendo till sega was big mm-hmm. like we weren't ever allowed to play with toys that represented guns i remember we got super soakers and it was a big deal cuz we were like oh shit this look this is a gun like right. like my parents were were heavy on that like my mom um was she was careful about whose sleepovers we went to Mm -hmm. Um, she wasn't having like sleepaway camp where like other adults had way more time with her kids than she did you know there was a certain amount of like we were we were kind of pariahs in a way and now I think I appreciate that um, tremendously because it taught me how to stand on my own. It taught me how to not fear um, being alone, needing approval you know i I think it's it's interesting because um I don't know people people seem to pay attention to the way that I dress or the way that I carry myself, and it kind of looks like it looks like what a lot of other people are doing right, but for me it's just about having fun and living my life joyfully and you know, doing have it, having the most fun in a day that I can that I can have, even if I'm just going to work, you know. Some crazy socks or some bullshit like that. But like at the end of the day it's really not about people's approval.
0: It's for you. Yeah. It's like you your joy.
1: You know, I and and that's one of the beautiful things about growing up the way that I did was that so much of what I did with already existed outside of people's idea of what was normative that like yeah it was hard you know going through school and people were like you a weird motherfucker but (laughs) now i'm an adult who you know like i love my people i love my friends i love you and and my extended family Mm -hmm. and i've really come to like find uh a great deal of gratitude for for the people in my life but also i don't need anyone you know i don't need people's approval and i don't i don't i don't seek it out i like that people affirm me i like that the people i love say you know i love what you're doing today or i like how you said this or whatever but again it's it's for self and uh, it goes back to that thing that, like, if you're being the best the best version of yourself, if you're doing the personal work, what you radiate without trying becomes inspirational to people, becomes aspirational to people. You know? mm mm-hmm. um, Just got to be the best version of yourself or work to that.
0: Dude, I'm going to tell you something, man. I feel like this podcast has doubled not only just as a podcast for the listeners out there, but the podcast has also doubled as like a personal reminder for me. Yeah, you know, Cause dude, I swear to you, I get so lost on certain days. I'm like, okay, uh, what's the day again? Yeah, left is this side, right is that side. Yeah, all right. So yeah, man, like I, I really have to really start finding the joy and more in life you know because i like used missing crazy socks i'm about to go to urban outfitters right after this podcast and buy these loud pair of pants that I, I like man it's these pants dude they got like different like pieces of like uh kente cloth mixed in it yeah yeah And use some loud ass pants man i'm like give me them pants man yeah
1: bro i just i just i literally i wore them on friday i i just bought a pair of pants that are orange like your sweatshirt because simply because they were orange and most of my clothes are black. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck it. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Like, we're only... Like, one of my things, one of my, my sayings to myself now that I catch myself saying all the time is, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Straight. Like, because, I, you know, we. I think we've gone real deep mm-hmm. and gotten super deep about things. But at the end of the day, like... I want my life to be about having fun, like having as much fun in, in every moment of it that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, understanding that it's not always gonna be like that. That's not always gonna be a possibility. But that's like, I'm seeking joy constantly. I'm trying to find the joy in every situation. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, uh, sir. A, a so, firstly, also, that is my mom used to have a, a jacket made out of that. And Word. It was very wavy. It was it was super wavy. Those are wavy. Please buy them.
0: I'm buying these pants right? work, Swag, swag the fuck out. Let's wave. do it. Wave, wave, wave. Swaggy. But yeah, but back to the point. Yeah, like we, we do get have a chance opportunity. Sometimes we did get, get get really deep here, but on the surface, this is just like listen. Like individuality is key. Being free to be yourself, express yourself is key. Yeah. Cause did you um when you were here, did you know Jamerson?
1: Maybe by face.
0: Or Susie Analog and all that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, yo, shout out to Susie Analog, another person that, like, yo, one of the things that's so crazy about Philly, because we, we started to, we got on this thread, but Philly is a city of fucking creators. So many amazing, amazing, talented people came out of this city. When I, so quick, quick little story. Me and two of my homeboys, um wanted to do, like, a little t-shirt brand a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know, when that was kind of everybody was into that. And Susie shot us, um, like, like just did, like, I don't know, we were just hanging out around the city, went to, like, Silk City and got some food, and she shot mm-hmm. us. And she's just been one of those people, again, like I said in the beginning, like, I just pay attention. I mm-hmm. watch, you know, um, I watch people. And, I you know, I don't... I just pay attention to what they're doing because I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in what people are, who they are, and what they have to say. And yeah, I went I went away to school and I came back and Susie is this like moving, shaking, DJing, goddess. in, that, like, in reaching the stratosphere. Like killing shit proper. Mm-hmm. And again, like, huge point of inspiration somebody that made what they love into what they do every day and like you know i see i see her on instagram and everything isn't perfect and you know wavy gravy all the time but like she looks great Mm -hmm. you know look good feel good she's doing her thing she's she's pursuing what she wants to be pursuing working on her craft building her her brand whatever whatever like that's just amazing to me. I mean, I can I can think of loads of people. Shout out my guy Matthew Law, um, just been DJing forever. Yep,
0: I have more here soon too. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah.
1: I mean, that's that's the OG, and that motherfucker is younger than I am. <laughs> right. that's the OG, like, <laughs> right. you know, there's just so many so many people. Like, I look at, I just look to. I mean, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. Like, we come from this generation that like straddles this line but what i think unites us is like a lot of us have have always gone for self like there are really too many people to name that like are our peers that like have just said look this is what i love and this is what brings me joy how do i figure out how to like feed my family with it Mm -hmm. and that's so legit like i mean i was just that um on friday i was just that uh p's and q's uh Event where they uh, released their new line. And, like, really what, like, Key and Rick and Saeed and and that whole family have done is create out of love. Like, that's what we're talking about right now. Like, they're like, how do we figure out how to make this thing we love our everyday, our entire lives? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that space is so much more important than just, like, getting wavy with your homies. That place is, um, it's an incubator. It's an incubator for talent. Mm-hmm. And we have to start kind of thinking about, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to be, become a person who thinks in terms of like, everything is a product and everything is something that like, uh, needs to be formalized and built and whatever, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But also like, you know, think about our spaces of joy, our spaces of like, um, happiness. As like spaces where real work is done, you know, I always think about like the party scene period here, and the party scene anywhere is kind of like a space where where a certain type of work is done, you know um, regardless of how much fun we're having you know one of my things is work is play mm-hmm. and work if if you wanna if you want to kind of get the most out of your work, it should be as playful as possible. Again, going back to like being childlike, keeping it childlike. Find the joy in it, make it playful.
0: You know what, something you mentioned about being childlike and playful. There's a game that's out now, right? Called Minecraft. Mm -hmm. And for the longest, I'm like, what the fuck is the point of this game? What is it? I'm like, mind you, i played video games my entire life, right? From Mario Brothers, on, I'm damn near every system except for Xbox, I'm pro Nintendo. And when the Sacred Dreamcast died, I said, F y'all, I'm sticking with Nintendo. They're the last bastion out here, right? Yeah. So I started to see this game, Minecraft being played. And I saw the kids played it and they loved it. I'm like, what's the point? Who, who are you fighting? Like, where, what's the castle at the end? Like, Where's the weapons? Are there any items? Is it an RPG? Is it is it is it a side scroller? What the fuck is this? What is it? But then when I mean, you talked about it, I mentioned how I love we love Legos and all like that. Mm-hmm. You talk about how kids, you know, I mean, this openness and freedom, I'm like creating your own world. And I sat here, I'm like, oh my god, that's what the game was about.
1: I used to love SimCity. Same reason. Same
0: reason. I'm like, these kids, it's a place for them to create their own world, build their own places. And it's just in the 3D. It's just Legos in 3D form. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I said, I'm like, yo, this is how I know that I need to maintain a connection with like this the inner child. Because... For a guy that's like, yeah, what the fuck is this? What is this? What's the point of what is this? shit? What's the fucking weapon? What's the point? What is this? Who, who can I shoot? Yeah, what is this? What what? Is a, is, a, is a pig there? What the fuck is a pig doing here? What is this? Why is he a black pig? And I realized I'm like, yo, this is this is why I gotta maintain openness. Because the same thing could have been said when I was like I was like uh Mario with a raccoon tail. Flying around. That brought me so much joy. And my pops might have been like, he's playing Mario with a fucking raccoon. So, I, yeah, you know what I mean? So, I'm going to go back here and play as Pat Metheny. I'm like, all right, dad. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Shout out Pat Metheny. Shout out Pat Metheny. You know what I mean? So, it's like, it's like that. So, I I, I understand now the importance for us, for me, is is that I got info, it's all of us, but especially for me, speaking like from a personal level, mm-hmm. is that I got to maintain that connection to the inner self, the inner child. Yeah. And that may and that will allow me to create, create period. Yeah. Be very, be more creative, be more productive i I maintain that connection to the inner child. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's, I mean. Wow. Yeah, like, what, and then what you said about your pop reminded me of just, like, kind of the way I'm, I'm relating to, like, the new world of things, you know, the mm. new world of culture. Yeah. You know, there's, I always notice that there's, like, this, like, Really reactionary thing against certain rappers, you know, and I think again things change, and mm-hmm. you're swimming upstream if you're trying to buck back against change. The things are always going to change, and really, if you're trying to you're trying to entrench yourself um, into into one thing, one representation of a thing. Fine. But you'll be holding on to something that's fleeting, you know, as Mm -hmm. opposed to as opposed to to optimizing yourself to be fleeting right along with it, you know, because if because think about that, if you're optimizing for for the mercurial nature of shit, you're adaptive and you can. You know, bob and weave with with whatever's going on. So like, I always just think about like that that the current debate of you know mumble rap. It, it becomes a microcosm because like for me, I listen to all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Me too. Like I listen to Uzi, whatever. Whoever. I love Uzi. Listen, yo, Uzi, like Uzi is joy. Yes, Uzi, he is. Uzi, Uzi is Uzi's best self every fucking day. Like Uzi is. I love Uzi. He's like, I hate to. See, he, This is problematic, but he's spirit animal. Cause like he's where wherever you see him, he is first off, like just drip. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. and he's he's happy. He's grinning. Like he's projecting joy. And then like, you know, I'll have my days when like I listen to Mob Deep all fucking day.
0: You know? I played EPMD before I got out here today.
1: Exactly, like, it's about being flexible and being open anymore. I just don't, I don't have time for people who are trying to close, close themselves off to everything, you know? Like.
0: This is gonna sound horrible, but like, because I'm not, I see reminders of why I don't want to be an old hippity hop dude every day on like Facebook this is no mumble rap. That ain't hip hop. I'm like, but you guys still wear like your academic big jeans and like your short sleeve polo shirts and your big fitted caps from two thousand and three out here and like talk some hip hop. Like I'm like, dude, it's it's damn near May and you get on that damn like that academic's like uh <laughs> green and white striped polo shirt yeah which is long John shirt under the shit and your hat and then your clothes fit normally, man. I'm like, dude, you're like, you're actually probably like a size medium you're out here with a size like extra large swimming in your shit. Just 40, swimming 42 in your shit. waistline. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, but the the other thing is that like, it's all, it's all just a cycle. Like also think about how rap started. It wasn't super lyrical from the beginning. I remember, he- I remember reading, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah like i remember i was reading a, a um a interview with fat joe mhm he was talking about um shit i can't even remember the album but uh he was he was talking about um hearing Nas, hearing uh illmatic for the first time mm-hmm. and he was like yo we got we got to step it up like Like, he was, because he was like, wow, this is some new, this is like lyrical content. Like, whereas, you know, prior to that, like, yeah, people had bars, but like, you could get by just as easily not having no bars, you know, or, you know, making bars out of whatever. And, you know, part of the issue for that is that I think that's, again, it goes back to that not my grandparents thing. Yeah. Like, we, we undervalue our own culture. Like. Because there is a certain, um, there's a certain heritage and lineage in black culture, particularly, but in a lot of cultures of like improvisation and um, doing doing things with what you have right there. You know, mm-hmm. like think about how you know mumble rap or like uh, Nickens or whoever. Think about how that relates to like scatting, Duke Ellington, and, and all that. Like, it's all it all comes from the same tree. It all springs from the same root.
0: Rhythm, like, so people get mad, like, oh, so amigos was talking about. Well, actually, you guys aren't taking time to listen. Exactly. Like, why well, are you scared? Like, you might actually like it, you yeah, know what I'm like, saying?
1: You're, basically, you're reacting to somebody else's, re- to what you think somebody else is gonna say about your own shit.
0: You know what, there's a quote from my, one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. that I can, um, I won't say the song yet. Let see if you can figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm,
1: ba- I'm really bad at this, but all right. Awesome, <laughs> makes it even better,
0: makes it even better, right? See, it's just, cause it, it uh, pertains to our conversation, right? Yeah. And the rapper starts off with this line. He said, back in the days when I was a teenager, before I had status and before I had a pager, you could find an abstract. Listening to hip hop, my pops would just say, it reminded him of Bebop. I said, well daddy, don't you know that things go in cycles? Where that Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael. You know, it's all expected. Things are for the look, and if you got the money, questions for the booking, right? Mm -hmm. But like that line right there, when he mentions, like, you know, but like, uh, I'm pops to say, a bebop." I said, "Well, daddy, you know, things go in cycles." Where did Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael, you know, like that. That in itself captures like the generational gap here now. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, that's cute. Yeah, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he he he. Abstract. Yeah, abstract. abstract. Yeah, abstract. Everything's a cycle, bro. Everything's, Everything's cycle. a cycle. You know what? I'm just gonna call. I'm just gonna call uh, this this title for this show. Yeah. I was gonna be like about something about being free. I was gonna call like "Give Us Free," but like nah, because I don't want to sued by Amistad. I'm not well, the people who made it. Because I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. But I'm probably gonna call this doing a, a tribe called Abstract. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's, this thing. It just fits. It just works out. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Boom. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, man. That's yes. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? So I know we're getting um coming towards the end yeah, of yeah. the program here. We've, you know we've what I'm been saying? For a minute. Forever. You know what I mean? I will give you a Desus and Meral rainbow over your head, but I ain't got special affection here. You know what yeah. I'm saying?
1: Can I say what I want my rainbow to say? Yes. Love yourself
0: straight. Love yourself. Love yourself. Self love. Self love the best love. That's right. Self-love is the best love. Yeah. Wink wink, but no seriously, folks. Um love yourself. Self love know that you are deserving mm-hmm. of love, of happiness, and of the three-letter word that my main man says so eloquently today, joy. Mm-hmm. Black boy joy, black girl joy, white boy joy, white girl joy, like anybody just, just everybody get joy out here, yo. Everybody deserves joy. Joy to the world, you know what I mean, that's it. There's more words to that song, but I forgot it, and it ain't Christmas, so it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? All I know is that we've had an excellent show here, episode 22. My man, Nas Kieda, my man, an amazing brother. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's my privilege.
0: Yo, man. And now I'm about to go buy some loud pants. Go buy these pants. Squad. Squad. All right. Boom. And we be out of here. You win.